Hello and a warm welcome to the EMG Gold podcast. I'm Mark Koskela and today I'm thrilled to be joined by Edmund Chan, Senior Director and EMEA Therapeutic Area Lead for Haematology at Janssen. Before joining the pharmaceutical industry, Edmund spent 12 years working as a physician, as well as a significant amount of time in clinical research and clinical trial development. He joined Janssen in 2012 and has been there ever since, starting in pharmacovigilance before transitioning into medical affairs where he is today. Edmund is passionate about various areas of pharma, including precision medicine and improving patients' quality of life, but also takes a keen interest in improving the experiences of those in his organisation, playing an active role in Janssen's diversity, equity and inclusion initiatives. Edmund, welcome. How are you today? That's it's great today. Thank you so much, Mark, and great to be here. Brilliant. Well, it's brilliant to have you on. So really looking forward to a fascinating conversation. So to to kick us off, um, was there a particular person or event that inspired you to leave medicine and join medical affairs? Yes. So back in 2012, um, I was working in the Imperial College Clinical Trials Unit as a biostatistician. At that point, I was working in a project called PROTECT, which is an IMI-funded initiative and it's a collaboration between the academics and the pharmaceutical industries. At that point, I'm also doing uh, clinical work uh, as a registrar in nephrology. So with this particular project, I got able to connect a lot of pharmaceutical physicians, and that gave me a much better understanding the depth and the breadth of the impact of patient well-being, what pharmaceutical can do is huge. And we also learned that as a pharmaceutical industry, we can help solving trouble and challenges with patients on a much more macro level. That really drove me uh, leaving clinical medicine and joining pharmaceutical industry, first in R&D as a pharmacovigilance lead and followed later in uh, medical affairs. Um, although I enjoy working in medicine and becoming part of medical affairs, it's really given me uh, the first hand view of some of the latest innovation in oncology. I mean, looking back to my research days, I just thought this was pipe dream for many researchers like what I used to be when I was in medicine. It was incredible uh, to see these pipeline compounds become realistic treatment options for patients. Great, uh, thank you. Um, really, really interesting. And, and I know you've obviously worked across diabetes, immunology, hemato-oncology. How, how's your experience of um, healthcare professional engagement compared between each of those therapeutic areas? So my experience tells me the HCPs uh, from these three areas are very, very different. Uh, the healthcare professional in diabetes mostly are primary care focus and immunology side are mostly hospital specialists across hospital care, whereas the hemato-oncology side are mostly um, uh, secondary care or even tertiary care physicians. So over these years of collaborating from the, with the uh, healthcare professional from this area, one thing became very clear to me was that all healthcare professional has the patient as a center of everything they do. They want to do the right thing, give the right treatment for the right patient. In terms of what they need and what they do, um, because of the nature of the role in the patient's care, their need and education priorities are rather different. Primary care physicians may be more interested in topics that cover different touch points of the patient's care, whereas hospital specialists are more focused in the disease area they're working on. 
And as I was saying, within hematology, we mostly support secondary and tertiary care healthcare professionals. So if you look at the hematology treatments, majority of our hemato-oncology therapies are very complex and taking a very long period of time and require continued monitoring. And therefore, this is important for us to have a very strong and close relationship with the healthcare professionals. As a medical affairs team, we often ask ourselves, have we done enough? Can we do more? And how can we be a better partner with different healthcare professionals have different role to play in the healthcare and patient management? And also deep inside, we also ask ourselves, what else can we do to pay improve patient experience and also address their needs? Also, it is critical to engage healthcare professional across the full scope of product cycle. What I mean is from the very early part of clinical trial development, process of the clinical trial to modifying the formulation in later line once a product is on the market. I think working in a different therapeutic area taught me a very important lesson. The collaboration is crucial and critical to everything we do. Great, thank you. And, and, and continuing on that, that kind of theme you were talking in there in terms of patient centricity, that precision medicine obviously has so much potential, but, but instances of use are still quite few and, and far between. How, how can medical affairs play a role in accelerating that, uh, the adoption of them? So sure, I think precision medicine is the way forward the treatment of, of patients, in fact. Um, however, precision medicine can involve very complex treatment process and that rely on and require a strong alignment and commitment from all stakeholders, pharmaceutical, physicians, nurses, pharmacists and patients. So we need a really strong facilitation for this effective collaboration and our open and clear communications. So making sure that all measurable data are backing up to our promise to offer this precision medicine and the impact of the precision medicine to patients. So this is where medical affairs comes in. In medical affairs, we're always looking for a new way to support the revolution of precision medicine. I have two examples how we could do that. Now, first one is by either that we support healthcare professional in adopting the precision medicine more widely. So how we can do that is by sharing more detailed explanation of how this therapy works, or by diving and driving the debate on why this therapy should be the focus of patient management. And also driving the debate that we should provide the right treatment for the right patient to maximize the treatment benefit and also minimize the risk that patient may experience from treatment. Another way the medical affairs play in bringing precision medicine to patients is by building the strong connections between the healthcare provider and the R&D team in the organizations. We have a very strong connection with the healthcare professionals in the community, and it is really critical and important for medical affairs to listen to the healthcare professional, also bring in the ideas on how to build and develop the precision medicine and how to leverage our compound and our development product to maximal impact to the patients. I think one example is looking at uh, the Jensen cell therapy program. So in the cell therapy program, this is focused on multiple myeloma at the moment. And we are currently working very hard on developing the medical educational program to make sure the healthcare professionals 
understand the science in the cell, in the cell therapy, learn the benefit, the risk, what to do to mitigate the risk, and also what are the watch out when we administer and treat the patients with this therapy. In parallel, we're also working very hard with the clinicians to bring in new ideas that pop holes back into the Janssen Clinical Development Program to help us build future studies with them to address the patient and med needs and also address some key scientific questions that they may have. Great, no, thank, thank you. And, and, and you talk there in terms of kind of maximizing impacts and, and I guess really improving patient outcomes. So how, how can medical affairs play a greater role in the future of improving the quality of life for patients undergoing cancer treatment? So as part of the Harvard Mosquito and Medical Affairs team, I strongly believe the patient's well-being and also the quality of life is a crucial aspect of our work. I think when we look at um, patient response and efficacy, the traditional viewpoint of life expectancy, of course, is very, very important. However, I think we need to push ourselves and think more is how can we offer more to improve patients' life? And really, can our treatment to bring patients closer to the normal life as possible? In order to do this, we must put patient in the front and the center of our work, really think and have a good understanding what is important to patient and what else can we do to support our patients and try to normalize their life as much as possible. In Jensen, we have a very strong collaborations between our company and also the patients group across the EMEA region. We have regular touch points with the patient organizations, really have a very open conversation to share with them what Jensen is doing and also hearing out from them what their feedbacks are and what else and what more can medical affairs and Jensen do to support the patients and improve their quality of life. So in hematology, we recently have um, a number of innovations. We are trying to improve not only the quantity of patients' life, but also quality of patients' life. That certainly, with the sub formulations, it reduces this time incentive treatment from hours to minutes. And it was particularly critical during the current pandemic. Not only it keeps the time the patients spend in the hospital to minimum, but as a result, we also free up the resources and the time that's most needed in the healthcare system. So really supporting the patient's life and also supporting the healthcare professionals. The other part is we're looking also looking at how can we improve patient's life outside the treatment itself. So as I was saying earlier, um, hemato-oncology treatment often are time intensive. And as a result, patients have less time or often neglect the hobbies and passion they had before the diagnosis. And of course, that will directly impact their quality of life. That's a, complaint, that's a campaign that we are working on. I'm really, really excited. Um, it's specifically looking at how we can improve the quality of life of patients with multiple myeloma. How can they spend their time to really improve the quality of, of time outside treatment? I think quality of life is very, very important, and we are certainly looking at uh, different angles and also trying very hard to improve patients' quality of life, either through the medicine we do and also through support of patients across the treatment paradigm. Great. No, certainly looking forward to, um, to hearing more about 
about this this project as and as and when it progresses further. So no, thank you. Focusing on something slightly different now, and we obviously mentioned in the introduction that you play an active role in Janssen's diversity, equity and inclusion initiatives. How have you seen the priorities of your, your workforce shift over the course of the pandemic and, and what steps are you and, and I guess the business at Janssen taking to, to ensure you retain and attract the best talent? Great question, Mark. So, I mean, I'm sure we all agree that COVID pandemic has changed every single visit in our work life. However, I'm, I'm half full. I think it also brought tremendous benefit. I mean, first of all, I think we've got to spend more time with family. I mean, I remember those days when I'm traveling, sitting in the, in the airport late afternoon and think I just want to get home. And I think most importantly, right, is because the lack of the face-to-face connection that we have between colleagues, we learn a lot more and we become a lot more co- conscious of looking out, looking out for others and our colleagues who may be going through this pandemic on their own. So in Jensen or within our team, we organize regular non-work touch points to check in on each other, just to make sure we provide support whenever it's needed. And I think in some ways, um, the early part of the pandemic was extremely challenging, as we said, the sudden change in the work environment. but. I'm certainly extremely proud of my team and my colleagues, how we have adapted this new way of working and also focusing on each other and how to support each other throughout this pandemic. We know that we need to build a diverse team, so to give us a different perspective and expertise. And also with this culture, we also will bring in and retain the right talent, which is really, really important to us. To do that, I think it comes down to creating the right environment and importantly is to make people feel comfortable where they are and enjoy what they do. So in Jensen, we have the flexible work policy, which allows employees to work around the, their priority commitments, uh, such as childcare. We have the care with pride, we have the out and open initiative and also other key initiatives really to allow our, our colleagues to be who they are and really proud of who they are. It definitely sounds like that uh, Janssen has some great programs um, to, to help really retain to retain your staff and and, and I guess ultimately a, you know a happy workforce is a um, you know is a productive workforce. Indeed, I think I, I just want to share something with you. Right, I think within Janssen, it is just a great environment, and 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 we all felt part of this organization. We can make a difference, and. We or most of the, our colleagues been Johnson for many years. It's just because they felt they are making a difference, and I think that speaks about the company. No, def- definitely, and, and and that idea of having everybody pulling in the same direction as well towards that 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 same goal makes make such a difference. What's your your standout moment for oncology been uh, so far this year? Gosh. Um, there are many, many moments. But I think one of the one of the most impressive standout moments, I think, when I look back, I think is agility and the speed of the of the community displayed in adapting the, the, the challenges faced by COVID. The academic society has moved very quickly to convert large in-person meetings to highly successful virtual meetings. So this ensure continue. Uh, critical scientific discussions and also share breakthrough scientific data uh, despite the limitation of, of in-person meetings. 
if we look at what other elements we do, um, there is certainly a massive increase in communication with healthcare professionals through digital channel. Um, in one example is there is a recent campaign that um, Jensen used to invite the lead investigator um, in the CLL, uh, the chronic lymphocytic leukemia area, to explore what else are the unmet needs and how else Jensen could address that. So I think in conclusion, right, I think most, one of the most proud moments, most impressive changes is the, the agility and adoption into the new world and how, how do we, what do we do and how do we adapt and maximize our impact in in digital environment. Thank you. And I guess something that has come through really in your la- in those last two questions is um, is that kind of flexibility and adaptability, and whether that's within the industry itself or, or whether that's across across Janssen. I think this that's a, a really good point for us to to end today. So it's obviously been great speaking to you, to you, um, Edmund, and, and thank you so much for taking the time out of your your busy day to to join us. Um, that's all we have time for this week. So. To our listeners, if you'd like to hear more conversations like the brilliant one we've just had today, please join us again next Tuesday. And and if you haven't done so already, don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts from. Also, why not check out our sister magazine at www.emg-gold.com, where you'll find lots of great pharmaceutical-related content. So take care and see you next time on the EMG Gold podcast.